Through innovation, academic excellence, and family-centered clinical care, Children's Mercy Kansas City is transforming outcomes for children around the world. Welcome to the audio interview series, Transformational Pediatrics, with host Dr. Michael Smith. Our topic today is double balloon enteroscopy. My guest is Dr. Thomas Attard. Dr. Attard is a pediatric gastroenterologist and medical director for endoscopy services at Children's Mercy Kansas City. Dr. Attard, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me here, Dr. Mike. Sure. Let's just let's first talk about some of the basics of what we're going to call DBE, double balloon enteroscopy. What exactly is it and how does it work? So as as you're you're definitely familiar, we we have been doing uh, endoscopy, both upper endoscopy, meaning uh, what we call EGDs or esophageal gastroduodenoscopy, as well as lower endoscopy, which we call colonoscopies now for, for many years um, in adults and certainly in kids. Um, but there's always been this frustration about not being able to get in the bowel that's between how far in we get from above and how far in we get from below. So, you know, most people forget the small bowel actually is about 17 feet in length. And if you think about it, we're only looking at the first maybe half foot from the top part and maybe a half foot from the lower part, leaving you 16 feet of bowel, which can have quite a bit of pathology that we never we never actually get to or, or in any other way look at. Now, through the years, um, as most people are aware, we've been doing like um, barium studies and then moved on to having uh, CT scans and MR studies. Um, and then more recently, we've been doing what are called capsule enteroscopies. So you, you swallow a pill cam. Um, you're probably familiar with that technique. And then the physician, the gastroenterologist, actually sees a video feed of the whole small bowel. And that's all great, but it doesn't allow you to get biopsies from whatever you see. Um, so the double balloon enteroscopy is really the kind of the the state of the art of endoscopic techniques to get to to be able to go into the small bowel to sample tissue that you're interested in that may look abnormal on other studies and to actually intervene and cure cure some of the conditions we deal with. For example, with Peutz-Jagger syndrome, we get small bowel polyps that can actually transform into um, uh, uh, neoplastic um, malignant uh, polyps later on that we can actually go ahead and take out before they cause too much trouble. So double balloon enteroscopy is quite sophisticated. It's, uh, it's an fairly long procedure compared to most other endoscopies, but it kind of allows us to get into areas which we haven't gone there before, at least. And, and so uh, so obviously you have the, the advantage or the benefit of being able to visualize more bowel. Are there any other advantages to doing DBE? Um, as I said, I mean, you, you visualize it, but you can also intervene upon it. So you'll know exactly where you're going in terms of the, the scope. You know how far in the pathology is. If there's something, for example, that you see, but you can't do anything about endoscopically, then you're actually going to help the surgeon considerably by actually tattooing the area. So we can actually in, um, inject some dye into the wall of the bowel, and that allows, us to, that allows the surgeon at a later date, to actually find whatever lesion you are interested on the inside um, to, 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 to uh, isolate it and, and probably resect it uh, sooner. So it is quite, um, it does allow you a lot more 
certainly a ton more um, access than conventional endoscopy used to, and and better diagnostic capabilities than capsule endoscopy does at, at this point in time, at least. So, do you do you see, Doctor Tart, is DBE going to be pretty much the gold standard approach for endoscopy, or or are there ideal patients for this? There are so both. Um, yes, it definitely is the um, gold standard. I mean, there's no there's no comparison of any degree of radiologic or even real time images, even true capsule, to being able to biopsy and and identify a lesion. So there's no question that it represents the ultimate test of what's going on. Um, the problem is, however, that being so invasive, I don't see it as replacing any of the other techniques. I, I see it as the the obvious and the natural. Um, plug-in to what we already are doing. So instead of kind of quitting on finding out what's going on after we have images or x-rays or MRI scans, we can now go a step further short of surgery, um, still fairly invasive, of course. It is a procedure under general anesthesia and it has significant risks more than uh, a regular endoscopy. But it allows us to kind of complete the gamut of diagnostic uh, workup that we are offering these patients. And is there the ideal patient? Um, yeah, exactly. The, um, um, as was implied by the answer, is the patient who has been worked up for, for what we call obscure GI bleeding, um, negative endoscopies, meaning endoscopies that failed to find a cause for bleeding in the gastrointestinal tract, perhaps negative also either MRI or capsule endoscopy or or maybe difficult to interpret results. So when you're when you're at your wit's end, basically, with all the other studies, that's when DBE kind of wraps it up and tells you what's going on in the small intestine. So the ideal patient is the one who has failed far less invasive um, and you know the traditional techniques. So uh, children's mercy is is still one of the few institutions that that does DBE on a regular basis, correct? And, and what, what, what's been your experience as a clinician overall with this? Um, so I trained in Sheffield in the, United, uh, in the UK um, with uh, Dr. Mike Thompson to do some of these. Um, in the United States, there are, I'm, I was asked how many exactly um, at one point, um, and I don't know exactly how many centers do this, but I'm imagining not more than five or six Six centers. I could be. I could be off, maybe by one or two, but I don't think so. Um, so it is. It's ultimately a test which I, I don't think should be um, should be perhaps attempted at every center because not not a lot of centers have a huge volume of patients, and this is something that is clearly very operator dependent. It's not. Um, it's it's not a very straightforward procedure. It does require a, a fair amount of skill, and that skill has to be maintained. So if a center commits itself to doing them, it's actually doing quite a few. Um, so I, I do think it's, it's something that fits very well with what children want to do in endoscopy. Um, we want to be able to offer all the services, and we certainly seem to have the volume that actually made us made us want to develop DBE um, so that we can deliver better care. Um, and we, we also get all the, you know, the, the unusual diagnostic challenges rather than just the straightforward um, issues. And that, that does uh, then require us to go kind of the extra mile with finding new techniques that perhaps aren't available all over the place. 
So, so DBE will be a procedure that will probably stay in the hands of the highly trained specialists at the you know very specialized hospitals. Is that right? Yeah, I, I, I can't imagine being otherwise yet. Well, Dr. Tart, I want to thank you so much uh, for coming on the show, and thank you for all the work that you're doing. You are listening oh, to you. Transformational Pediatrics with Children's Mercy Kansas City. For more information, you can go to childrensmercy.org. That's childrensmercy.org. I'm Dr. Michael Smith. Thanks for listening.